to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome to episode 299 of the Dave's I Know podcast. We are literally one episode away from 300. Um, that fun, fun fact. Uh, if you, I know some people have mentioned some other folks to reach out to. We we have reached out to a couple of, of potential guests for the upcoming uh, 300th episode. But if you think of anybody else that I can reach out to between now and next Monday night, let me know. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. So the regular crew here. Uh, Jess, how you doing? I'm well. Excellent. I need a job, but I'm well. Yes. If anybody can give Jess a job, hit her up uh, on the Twits as well. Uh, and then we have MJ. MJ, how you doing, bud? I am cat sitting. I'm relatively happy because I'm surrounded by two awesome cats. And speaking of cats, and house sitting i also have raided the beer fridge don't worry the owner said i can do this i have a 93x half-assed ipa from lift bridge and i also have a don't kill the wonder and i'm just asking my co-hosts given the state of minnesota writing at now should i drink the half-assed ipa or don't kill the wonder ipa well for purposes of the podcast, uh, I think half-assed IPA, uh, just because this probably will be a half-assed podcast from me, um, as I am not feeling great, uh, and also a, a tribute to the performance of Minnesota United over the weekend. And then at the end, um, as we're talking about the upcoming match, you can drink the Don't Kill the Wonder, because that will probably kill the wonder. So that's not like a good plan. <laughs> Jess, do you have a vote on this? Um, I agree with Zeller's logic. Yeah, it makes sense to me, too. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes, as you can probably tell from my voice, uh, I am not feeling super great. I had, uh, and I was at a work conference all day today, so I had to get up with the kids and get them to daycare and or to, yeah, in-laws and school and then pick them up and dinner. And, and uh, I think my daughter has a cold, and I think I picked that cold up from her. So I've gotten progressively yeah. worse and worse throughout the day. Um, so I apologize for the state of my voice and I, we will try to keep it short here. I mean, there's not a ton to talk about, honestly, with Minnesota United. Um, so we can probably breeze through that without, with probably some mini rants from uh, a few of us here. Let's just jump in then. Um, unless I have any uh, objections from my esteemed co-hosts. <laughs> no objections. All right. Noted. The motion. Noted. And uh, yes, we, unfortunately, we do not abide by Robert's rules of order here in this uh, this year. I don't podcast. have any Action. rules or order. Well, I don't. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So let's jump in. Minnesota United FC won the San Jose Earthquakes won. Um, the big story, big talking points from this match, obviously, uh, another home draw another home dropping of points in the post 60th minute um 
uh, we can talk a little bit about those more specific about those stats. Uh, Timu Puki gets on the score sheet, which is great. It's good to see him finally, finally get a get uh, off the schneid and and score a goal. Um, hopefully, he can continue that over the course of the next couple of weeks because we certainly need it. Uh, and then the more and more, I feel, I that's yeah. just a feeling. I don't have any stats to back that up. Fair enough. Um, no, he's been. He's been getting in good good positions. His XG and stuff has not been great, so it doesn't it's like the shots he's taking aren't the best. But he's also been setting up uh, a lot of the of his fellow teammates and stuff, which is you know also extremely helpful and doesn't necessarily always show up in the in the counting stats. So uh, the main takeaway though of the night, uh, uh, San Jose equalizes uh, equalizes this match. Uh, Paul Marie scores a hell of a goal uh, in the eighty second minute. Um, again, so this is, you know, uh, you know, with near stoppage time, um, Adrian Heath had just taken out, uh, Emmanuel Reynoso, like about five minutes earlier than this. Um, and the terrible team defending on this goal, uh, was absolutely atrocious. Um, before we jump in and talk a little bit about that, um, is there anything, any other bigger takeaways from this match? Um, I think I should just say, this result combined with other results mean Minnesota drops to 11th in the table. So they're chasing Sporting Kansas City uh, in 10th and FC Dallas in ninth for that final playoff spot. Um, they are they have one game in hand on eighth place San Jose. So San Jose uh, bumped up to eighth after this game. Uh, but uh, FC Dallas... Uh, the team also in the ninth spot uh, has the same amount of points or say, sorry, three more points and has still, and also has the same amount of games played as Minnesota. So um, Minnesota is, is now um, they're not just chasing FC Dallas. They need to uh, jump a team as well. Um, luckily they will play sporting Kansas city at the end of the year. So that is a one you know opportunity to knock off a team there, but the, the getting their part is kind of going to be um, the hardest part. So um Anything else, guys, uh, that you guys want to talk about for, from this game overarching? Otherwise, I know MJ uh, has some thoughts about defense uh, and specifically around that goal, but I want to talk overarching themes first. Go ahead, MJ. It's, it's, it's frustrating to see so many of the players play well and do really good things. I had a blast at Allianz. Did I like result? No, but I had a blast. Why? Because there were so many things that Minnesota United did well. Yes, creating that Pookie goal. Now, they created a lot of other chances. Not all of them should have been goals, but some fraction of them should be goals. And so that lack of getting a cushion, insurance, whatever you want to call it, additional goals on the uh, on the scoreboard, that lack comes to bite us in the ass again. And it's unfortunate because Frakopane who I've seen people rag on for his defense just because of the goal. But he played really good. De- he tracked back when he was subbed in. He tracked back and played really good defense, you know. Um, and so, yeah, uh, should other decisions have been made from a coaching or substitution or tactical standpoint? Well, we can talk about that later. But there were a lot of good things that happened. It's very unfortunate that uh, to see a, a late goal – kind of on, on a mental air sort of thing uh, happen. Jess, anything? Um, I did not attend this match in the flesh. I was 
on a crafty weekend, but I watched it live and um, I just kept feeling like after we scored, like time lasted forever. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we still have 20, 25, 30 minutes. <laughs> like, yeah, just it felt painful from that point on and then like devastating equalizer because i didn't have the faith to believe that we were coming back after that yeah for sure so okay well let's let's talk about the you know some of the things from the game itself mj i i'll cede the floor to you for discussion on because i know i have some thoughts on you don't um, want to talk about the pookie goal I mean, we can start with the Pookie goal. I, you know, whatever. It was, it was a goal. Okay, okay. Like, I didn't have a lot to say about it either. Like, like, I didn't, I didn't actually rewatch it to see the mechanics or who got the assist or whatever. But, uh, yeah, there was, there was. I don't think there was an assist on it. Um, it was, it was a classic striker, you know, a uh, striker's goal. Um, he right footed shot, bottom, bottom corner. Um, you know, just pulled the goalie out just enough and, and, and put it past him. So, yeah, it looked like he got him to come out enough and, and come middle enough that he could score near side on him. Yep, exactly. And, he, he drew the goalkeeper out and then, and then just it coolly finished as, as strikers are wont to do. So, yeah. And I, I think when I saw this, I think a lot of people thought two things, one, yes. And the other thing is this is what we expected more of from Pookie. Right. And, exactly. and when, when I say that, I know when other people say that, they're down on Pookie. When I say that, I'm like, he, the coaching staff, and the other players behind him have not done a good job at getting him the ball in those types of areas for him to be his ruthless self because he can't do it all on his own. Right, yeah, he's receiving the ball far far too deep on the pitch for him to do yeah. the things he needs to Reynoso do. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, Reynoso can make something out of nothing. Pookie... I think as, as great of a striker as he is and, and, and could be in MLS is not a create something out of nothing kind of guy, right? Yeah. He runs, uh, he has, he has good vision. Uh, he makes good passes and he makes good runs. He's not fast. You know, he's not the speediest guy. He's not Mender Garcia or, or Bongi. Um, he's not a create something out of nothing kind of guy like Ray or, I mean, even Fragapane in some, in some regards. Um, he is a striker striker. He it's he's a guy who can play with his ball, his back, to the you know his back to the net uh and create something you know it like within the you know the 18 yard box um or if he's if he gets a ball in space he could run at a guy uh and do enough to to create you know space um between him and his defender him and the goalkeeper and slot shots pass but he's not a yeah he's not the he can't take the ball at the halfway at the halfway line and do that sort of stuff and i've unfortunately as you mentioned uh or you know referenced far too many times uh he's getting the ball um at the halfway line and being asked to do the things that he yeah. know, is, is good at, which he can't do from, you know, half, half the, half the distance to goal. So, um, okay. Well, let's jump in. Then let's move to the, to the goal that was conceded uh, in the 82nd minutes. <laughs> um, I don't, there's, there are some pictures of me traveling around on the uh, internet machines right now of me being very sad after that goal was scored. Uh, a friend of the podcast, Tim McLaughlin, snapped a picture of me with my Pookie party hat on um, <laughs> and just looking absolutely uh, terrible and, and, and remorseful and sad and questioning my, my sanity and what I was doing with my life. 
Uh, and then not to be outdone, um, Matt Putzko uh, also got a picture of me almost the exact same time from the opposite angle. So I have two pictures of me in my Pookie hat, just looking forlorn and absolutely devastated um, after that goal was scored. Um, and as we kind of have mentioned several times or, or at least alluded to, the defending uh, on that goal was comically inept um, and uh, adds a little more fuel to the fire of, of an already raging, raging tire fire of um, whether Ethan Bristow is good enough to play in MLS. And I'm seeing a lot of people, a lot of people who uh, were very uh, diehard Heath in guys who are jumping on the Heath out train. And we don't, I don't want to talk about that, that the, Heath out aspect of it because I think everybody listens to this podcast knows very much where we all stand on that. Yep. Um, we can talk about it after the, the season's over and, and whether the team actually does something about it. I just want to focus on the actual uh, tactical um, letdown from Minnesota United in covering uh, multiple players with a one nothing lead with ostensibly, you know, substitutions brought in to bunker and prevent uh, basically exactly what happened. So yeah. um, MJ, I know you had some, some thoughts on it. So let's, I'll start with you, start with you and I can fill in as and where I what feel, feel I need to. I was going to start broad and go in, but I think it makes more sense for my rant to start specific and then broaden out. Specifically on this play, you have some big defensive no-nos. Fragapane, who was backtracking well most of the night, he was. And he was forcing players to the outside most of the night. Over pursues some Chris, uh, Christian Espinosa outside and allows him to cut inside. And then Bristow does the same fucking thing. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there for a second though, because you're right. Fragapane had tracked back, and Fragapane cleared a ball uh, before this p- possession for the this possession of San Jose even started. Fragapane makes a clearance. It doesn't. It's not a great clearance, mind you but nobody steps up to contest the right. San Jose player who then passes the ball into Espinosa. So Fragapane ostensibly did did the job he was supposed to do, right? He tracked back, he made a clearance. Um, unfortunately, there was no, um, you know, s- no midfielders or, or for or center or forwards that were there to help contest that, to, to put some pressure on San Jose. So San Jose could easily and very quickly recycle. And then your next point is correct, right? Fragapane overcommits on, on, on uh, Espinosa and it is not great. And, and yeah. So then he, Espinosa is out a lot to cut inside. Bristow, who I argue played his, one of his best defensive games, this, this game, Bristow was making clearances. He was marking players. He was, doing defensive things and yes, then having to go up and play defense, but when, or offense, but when he was out on the wing on offense, he very quickly seemed to track back and get back on defense. That's what I remember for most of the game. Now, did he do it 100% of the time? No, but this was a good game by Bristol up until this point, in which case Christian Espinoza is allowed to dribble even more central because Bristol does not take an angle that forces Espinosa back outside. He takes an angle that allows him to be more aggressive and cut inside. And the same thing happens with Paul Marie on the outside. And unfortunately, the only person back there is Bongi at the time. And Bongi initially has him tracked, but then Bongi starts ball watching. 
and he's not Paul Marie watching. And Paul Marie gets the inside on him. And that allows for a very easy tap in on the back post. Again, because you're not forcing people to the outside. You're ball watching. I keep I feel like we're saying this. And then to David, your point, I do agree that it's the rest of the defense's job to pressure the whole team, not just bunker all the way back and be there when Frogapani makes those clearances. Not this isn't a rip on Frogapani. The team as a whole clearances way too much up the field and towards the middle rather than uh, out the sides and out the back and just like to a place where you can regroup. Yes, we don't like giving away corners, but giving away corners is way better than recycling the ball for the opponents to a, a centrally located attacking point. So yeah. uh, it's just more of the same that we've seen the past three, four, five years, maybe seven years, Zeller, mm-hmm. of you know ball watching, not marking on defense, uh, clearing the balls up the middle or towards the middle rather than to the outside, you know, forcing people to dribble middle rather than forcing people to dribble outside. Just a lot of defensive one-on-one things that if you're playing professional soccer, you should not let happen at the rate that's happened. Now I say this, but I see Manchester United defense do the same fucking thing almost every week. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, to your point um, about Bristow, I, I so I, don't know, I, I slightly, so if we'll trap, if we'll trap, I was more shit previous games. If we'll trap, you, no, no, no. It, it, yes, I, I, I don't think he was great this game. Um, okay. If uh, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you that if he had, you know, this is his best game. Um, however, if uh, Will Trap is doing his job and not standing behind Bristow, um, Bristow can force him outside, right? So I think it, it's just a comedy of errors in this one in terms of like players and not doing their jobs and then and people so, that i've ripped before michael boxel Mikel Tapia, yeah. they they were in the right spots they were yeah. marking the players they were supposed to on that on that goal so yeah that's, so i think yeah so i think honestly it's uh it's literally uh it's like just yeah a, a really it's a bad team error um i think bristow looks bristow and fragapane look the worst and i think fragapane is mostly at fault in spite of my semi-defensive him at beginning the beginning of this uh he truly, I mean, he does, he needs to do a better job clearing that ball, right? You can, and, and you can only use so much sometimes when you're clearing it. Like you can only hit the ball. You just try to hit it as, as long as you can. And so it's not necessarily the best. But the fact that no one, and I'm, I'm thinking specifically of Will Trap, is out pressuring anybody from San Jose, and they have the opportunity to pick out, you know, Christian Espinosa. If you pick out, if you have the time to pick out Christian Espinosa and can put the ball on a platter for him, um, he's going to do good things with the ball, uh, which is unfortunate for, for the Loons. So... Um, shout out to Asani Dotson. Not his best game, not his worst game, but he I believe he was asked to play four positions in this game. Yeah. Yeah. He started yeah. off he started at left wing. He he moved to right center back. Then when we subbed Zarek Valentin in when we were bunkering, the then he moved out of right fullback up to right midfield because we were playing a four-three-three. Um on, on the bunker defense defense we were playing a 4-3-3 and then he was at, at right midfield and then after we realized oh we got scored on we should try to score again but Reynoso's out I think Dotson got moved to the 10th um yeah so that's four different positions you're asking him to play and I thought he did reasonably well at all of them you can argue about he making too many subs but you know it wasn't that long ago where you say he wasn't making enough subs so what frustrates me now, now that Heath is making learning to make subs, 
And it might be a learning curve for him because he's trying stuff and, and he's fucking around and finding out, right, about subbing. But what frustrates me is there is an absolute correlation between player personnel and, and, and substitution the formation we're playing and the tactics we're using. So, I mean, those things shouldn't all be tied together as much as they are with heat. You know, just because we're at this game state and we want a bunker now, yes, we should be able to change formation and not have to sub on players to do so. You know, we shouldn't have to take Reynoso out to to bunker. Yeah, you're right, MJ. Um, it's it it is like it seems the fact that this happens so often. Um, makes it definitely seem like this is not an individual player issue as it is much as it is a coaching a coaching problem for the team listen i completely understand if we are moving from a four back to a five back to bunker you need to take off an attacker and put on a defender those those things correlate but it doesn't have to be that all the way all the time like you can take off reynoso and keep a four two three one and and put uh Shradi, you know, Tajiri Shradi at the 10 or Sangbin at the 10, you know, and we've done that before, I guess. But like, it seems very frequently that Keith is tying personnel formations, game states and tactics all together as, as one. And it shouldn't be that way. You, you should be able to make a sub, keep the same formation, keep the same ideas of, of tactics. You should be able to, you know, make a sub. You know, and yeah, change formation, but also then not say we're going to bunker. We're still going to try to get a, a second goal with this new formation, not have this be a bunker formation. Um, it's absolutely mind blowing to me, but I also understand uh, it's a lot easier for me in the podcast chair than when you're down on the field and trying to yell at players in the middle of play. That's hard. Yeah. Um... I mean, to your point, though, they didn't bring on Tajiri Shradi at all. He hasn't played, I think, in three games now. Um, yep. And they didn't bring on Songbin until the 85th minute. Uh, first sub was a more or less a like-for-like -like sub with Kervin Ariaga coming on for Jan Gregus. And then, obviously, Zarek Valentin comes in for Reynoso a few minutes before the goal, which, yeah, that's when we sort of transitioned back you know, to a 5-4-1 um, with uh, wingbacks, basically. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it just it's it, yeah yeah. There's not much more to say. I mean, I I, I don't know if you guys listen to the the mini podcast I uh made last week of just lamenting all the all the the all tragedy the all the tragedy of Minnesota United <laughs> soccer, but it's it's more of the same, man. And so, what's not beat it? You know, we don't necessarily need to be, beat a dead horse. It's it's already dead. Um, MJ, you know, you have these stats from Twitter. I have some similar stats that I found um about just how bad uh just how bad minnesota United has been in in games where they've actually had a lead so why don't you hit us with those real quick and i i'll i'll throw mine in after yeah so according to bridget out of 37 matches in 2023 so that's all competition minnesota united has lost the lead or a draw in the second half nine times six were lost after the 70th minute and three were draw draws Two of those draws were after the were the 90th plus eighth minute. Yeah. Um we were leading up until the 90th plus eighth minute and you know allowed a goal. Yep. 
So uh, um, that's, and then Stefan Wank points out that Minnesota United has lost 21 points in the second half games, which is yeah. a similar way of saying the same sort of thing. Basically, uh, the one thing I'll throw out there, so you said six after seven, the 70th minute. Um, if you want to make that even worse, it's seven after the 63rd minute. So right when, you know, most managers make fucking substitutions yeah. um, <laughs> around the 60th minute. Uh, so and then I, I saw, I think Stefan had posted this in one of the uh, soccer slacks that we're in together, is that if Minnesota had just kept nine of those points, so they didn't... Uh, throw away victories uh you know a couple of draws ended up as as so literally i think maybe like three games basically if the results had stayed how they were minnesota gets those wins um they'd be in second place in the western conference (laughs) that's how that's how tight the western conference is and also how wretched this uh, team has been as a team and i will say this and i said this um last week on the podcast that i released and I've said it to people I know, and literally I said it to a friend at lunch. We were having lunch today. We we're talking about Minnesota United. This is the most talented team that Minnesota United has ever had. As I've, as, as long as I've been a fan of, of Minnesota far. soccer, like well, maybe some of those, by far. maybe some of those Minnesota kicks teams, uh, you know, with Alan Willies and those guys, um, maybe they had more talent, you know, from top to bottom. Um, but again, I didn't, I wasn't alive for most of those matches and and I didn't see those guys, but terms of Minnesota United teams that I've been following, this is the most talented team that we've ever had. So, yep. uh, Jess, let's let's not uh, labor this game much more. Um, okay. Why don't you finish this off with your post-match hot or not review? Hot or not. I feel like I should have a theme song. Anyway. I'll drop one in and post. Let's keep, let's keep this brief. Not hot. Draws at the business end of the season. Hot. Timu Puki on beat and on target. I was so proud of him. I mean, maybe I'm a little too desperate and it's making me too generous, but I thought this goal was hot. Silver Foxy hot. Luce Gonzalez. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. <laughs> Someone get this man a touch of gray just for men sponsorship. I beg you. Too sexy. Not hot. The mullet on San Jose's Cade Cowell. <laughs> I believe I believe we've discussed Cade Cowell and showed him pictures to you before, Jess. So this yes. is like the least surprising, hot or not, uh, bullet um, point of all time. <laughs> it's one thing to be a soccer protege and be recruited at just 15 years old. <laughs> it's another thing entirely to think you can rock a mullet at 19 years old in the MLS. Boo. If you thought I was Heath out before this season, I'm now supercharged Heath out. No playoffs this year. I say no Heath next year. Deal? (laughs) Not hot. Unnecessary yellow cards and or penalties conceded by loons who shall remain nameless. Wow. Really turning on your boyfriend there, huh? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, that Heath, that Heath one. I, uh, well, we'll we'll circle back to that at some point. Um, maybe in episode three hundred. We'll we'll keep it. We'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes here. So, uh, MJ, you uh, you have a hypothetical question here for us. Hit us. Will Minnesota United tie their worst MLS finishes of the twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen 
seasons. Now, I did some historical research on how the loons finished in the past, and you can define this a lot of ways. Like, the problem is with MLS expansion, there are different numbers of teams in the West every year. So one way to look at it, and this isn't the only way, is how far from last place did we finish? Well, in 2017, we were ninth of 11th. That's third from last. In 2018, there were 12 teams of West, but we finished 10th of 12. That's also third from the last. And so we had some good runs in 28, 19, 20, and 21, where we finished fourth out of 12 or fifth out of 13th, and those were ninth from last place. Even in 2022, we finished sixth out of 14, which is ninth from last place. Right now, we're in 11th out of 14th. We're fourth from last. Will we drop? to be third from last again or worse <laughs> that uh, you know should be hard but honestly um i don't i could that could very well be the possibility right so uh we're currently on 38 points tied with sporting kansas city but we're um behind them uh, and LA Galaxy has a game in hand on us. LA Galaxy has a game in hand on us, and they play us this weekend. So that is a there's a potential that's a potential six pointer there. Uh, Austin FC has not looked great, um, but all, all no, I'm takes, not worried about them. All it takes, and then obviously Colorado is is eliminated from this from this for me. They're going to finish in last place in the Western Conference, and I think in the the entire uh, uh, um, entire. Uh, MLS, I think they're going to win the spoon, the, the wooden spoon award uh, this year. But I don't know, man. You you lose to the Galaxy. Um, we were playing LAFC midweek, right? So that's a tough game in in LA. We got to come back here and then play the Galaxy, a team that we have uh, routinely not played well against, and a team that just shocked us uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, at, you know, in LA uh, midweek there, so it's not within the outside their own possibility. That we could finish in 13th anywhere from anywhere from, we could finish anywhere honestly i think from like 7th to 13th right now would not any of those positions would not surprise me um 7th place all the way to 13th place so um you know say do with that what you will i say we are going to finish 10th place because it's just that heartbreaking this year that's what i expect do you think we'll be better than where we are now, but just bad enough to not make the playoffs. Yep, exactly. Okay. I, I'm going for a repeat of history. I mean, granted, I'm the one who set up this question, but I think we fall the third, third from last. I think we we finished 12th out of 14. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, cool. Well, let's. Um, as I mentioned last week, Minnesota United FC two. Or no, may I don't think I mentioned it last week in the podcast. Minnesota United FC two. Um, played their last home game a couple weeks ago. Uh, a couple, not, no, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. Um, all they were playing the Colorado Rapids two team in Colorado. Uh, they Colorado Rapids two team was uh, is the is the the Western Conference MLS Next Pro champions. Um, but they're playing in Colorado. All they needed to do was was get a point, right? So they just need to end the game tied in regulation, and they would have qualified for the playoffs for the MLS Next Pro playoffs for the first time. They were up 2-1 in, I believe, like the 60th minute. And then guess what happens? Uh, Minnesota United, Minnesota United. And they, they proceeded did. to allow three unanswered goals, uh, losing 4-2. to two. 
Uh, and therefore, because there are other results that happened in MLS next pro were eliminated from uh, the playoff contention on the last day oh, of the I, season. So yeah. Um, standard Minnesota United uh, shenanigans at play. It's good that we have a consistent message across all of our, of our, all of our teams. Um, absolute heartbreak at all times, please. I don't, I don't know if you know about this, David, but the MJ Anon is about this because there wasn't that much long ago when I was talking about promoting Cameron Knowles, the coach of the twos to head coach over Heath because he was doing so much better than Heath. He seemed to understand his players. He seemed to understand formations and the twos were looking better than the first team. So I was like, let's promote the coach. And so now on MJ and on, they're saying, well, we can't have that happen. He has to look at least as bad as Heath. So it looks like the right person is in the senior coaching position. So I think this was, he, Cameron Knowles was instructed to throw this season, miss the playoffs. So he does not up show Heath. That's the current MJ and on rumor. Is this some sort of Manchurian candidate situation or? <laughs> That you're, that you're proposing here. Um, cool. Well, I don't want to know any more about MJ Anon than I already know. So let's move on. Uh, all right. Let's jump over. We're, we're going to, since we're going to be a short one, I think we'll, we'll skip our, our usual break and just jump over to um, professional or sorry, women's soccer. Um, this of the uh, non-professional variety, the University of Minnesota Division One variety. Uh, had a couple matches this weekend. Uh, I went to the game with my family on Thursday against uh, Wisconsin at uh, Elizabeth Lyle Robbie Stadium. Uh, it was super fun, um, except for the result. Um, my kids loved, uh, Clara specifically was very, very excited about Goldie Gopher and wanted to find him wherever he was because it's not a big stadium, so he's walking around a bunch. Uh, but anytime she tried to get close to him, uh, she would freak out. Um, not so much freak out, like start crying or whatever, but she would get about five feet away from him and then just stop and be like, okay, there's enough distance between you and me. Um, he'd like, he'd reach out his hand to, to high five her and she would just like coil in fear, like run behind my legs. Same thing with Rory, the Aurorasaurus, uh, who's there from Minnesota Aurora. Same thing. She was very interested and excited about these mascots being there, but and definitely did not want anything to do. But not too close. Um, actually being there so yeah so mj uh you were covering this game for equal time soccer why don't you give us a quick rundown of, of what happened this is a there's a ridiculous red card on this one i heard this the goalkeeper almost scored a goal and it was crazy so, so this is a bonkers game we, we had a red card we had a pk we had a goal from the run of play a, a last minute header and a great go for goal and almost go for goalie goal right goal goalie goal like zeller of all your years playing soccer goalkeeper have you ever scored i've never scored um okay. i have i've had i've had several assists but i've never i've never so scored you, a goal you understand like even at the rec level maybe smaller pitches how rare of a thing it is to get a goalkeeper to goal um oh yeah it's... And and so they almost got one. Just to sum it up quickly, in the seventh minute, there was a red card to go from Megan Nemec because of dog. So she had a handball in the box, but it wasn't just the handball in the box. They went to review it, and they were reviewing it so many times because they did not want to give Nemec a red card. But just with where everybody was, she was the second to last person or last person back between the person in the net. And so 
that handball was not just a penalty for a handball in the box, but Megan Nemec gets the red card for denial of goal scoring opportunity. And so right on from the seventh minute onward, Gophers are down a player. Uh, Badgers end up 2-0 at halftime with the PK goal from Emic Jaskinek and the last minute header from Taylor Gordon. It was in the 44 point something minute. And a really nice goal from the run of play in the second half, Maya Richters from Kenzie Jacobson. Gophers do get one goal back from Izzy Brown, assisted by Sophia Bowman. Those two are just such great attacking geniuses. Please come out and watch them. They're fun to watch. And then the almost goalkeeper goal in the last, I want to say, 10 minutes, Megan Plashko takes a free kick just in front of the halfway line, and the ball goes behind the net. But, but how it goes behind the net is it bounces once from the side of the net to behind the net, and then it bounces off a support hole behind the net uh, to kind of go the other way. And it looks like it went off the one post in, in the net and then hit something in the back of the net and came came out front of it. And so it looked like it was in. Um, it was not. It was, it was, and the to the ref's credit, they video reviewed this a long time to verify that it was not a goal. And then also to verify who did it go off of so we know if it's a corner kick or a goal kick. So um, pandemonium at Elizabeth Lyle Robbie Stadium. The Gophers lose the border battle 3-1 to Wisconsin. And then they go to Indiana where they had to go against a German goalkeeper and a Dutch coach. And they draw 0-0 against nationally ranked number 16th in the nation, Indiana, which is a very impressive result for them. Uh, that makes seven clean sheets for Megan Plashko and her defensive players, two against ranked opponents in Georgia, Georgia and Indiana. So defensive-wise, they're doing well. They just need to score more goals. And they have some offensive tools to do it. The next three games are all at home. Please come out and support your local women's soccer players. Please. October 8th, 1 p.m. versus Illinois. Thursday, the 12th at 6 p.m. versus Ohio State. October 15th, 1 p.m. versus Nebraska. That's plenty of chances to come out, support Gopher soccer, support women's soccer, support local soccer. Come on out. Yeah, it's uh, those games are really fun. It's said it's it, you know the stadium. You know you can get when big games you can get you know fifteen hundred to two thousand people in there. Most games it's probably you know between five and eight hundred. So it's like it, there's a good crowd. Uh, people are cheering and everything, but it's not so crazy busy like an Aurora game or like a Minnesota United game where you're waiting for concessions or things like that. So and it's just good fun local soccer. So and the grass pitch is beautiful. Yes. It is one of the nicest pitches in the in the uh, cities for sure. So, uh, all right, let's move on to and talk Minnesota Aurora. Um, I had uh, I did notice that Aurora was at the Gopher game on Thursday, and like I said, we, we saw Rory and got uh, got stickers and things like that. Uh, and then I found out yesterday uh, that they were also at St. Thomas the the same day, um, just a couple hours earlier. How the hell did that happen, MJ? Yeah, uh, listen, I understand from a professional standpoint that it's hard to get everybody in the same place once, if not twice during the off season. And so it was nice to see a, a mix of players from office staff and coaching staff at Elizabeth Lowry, Robbie Stadium for the Gover. I assume a similar group or the same group was also at St. Thomas. It was just easy for them to cart from one to another, cart the merch from one to the next because it's yeah. the same day. 
But the St. Thomas game was at 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. And the Gopher game was 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Aurora fans, it's not convenient to do the, to a, do a doubleheader like that. So while it might be convenient for your players and staff to do it on the same day, it screws over your fan base. I understand this is about getting new fans, not current Aurora fans interested in Aurora. You're looking at getting women's soccer fans into women's pre-professional soccer. But come on, get allow Ravon Flit to like have a St. Thomas Day, allow Ravon Flit to have a gopher day with you, with Aurora being at the field and rant. Um yeah, I mean, to be fair, you just got to shoot up Cleveland Avenue basically to go from one stadium to the other stadium. So, um, but yes, I, I totally, I totally get it. I totally Cleveland get it. It doesn't go through the rail yard. Yeah, fair enough. Snelling, um, which is a lot busier. Well, if you can get from uh, St. Thomas to Cleveland without uh, going, you can, you can basically, you can take a Raymond, uh, you can shoot Cleveland over to University up Raymond. You don't, have to, you, don't, you don't have to take Snelling to get up there. So, Anyways, but I, I digress. It is it is weird that it was that that was they're both the same night. So, uh, all right. Well, let's instead we did not do our once a loon. So let's do uh, once an Aurora uh, with some uh, uh, Aurora players that are making making some headlines. MJ. First of all, Tiana Harris. All she does is score goals. Right? She scored a lot of goals off of set pieces for Aurora this year, even though she was a center back, and she scores her first goal for a professional team in uh, Jess, please correct my pronunciation, Division Homme Feminine uh, for FC Fleury. Um, they lost to Paris FC 3-1, to one, but the only goal that Fleury scored was from one Tiana Harris. And go watch the vid. It's a great goal. Um, Kylie Olsen uh, gets on SportsCenter at number four out of ten, the SportsCenter top ten, with a game-winning buzzer beater for playing for Utah State against Colorado State. And then former Aurora player Mayo Inakawa scores with a baby step PK for Southern Methodist University versus Methodist, just like the baby step PK she took to have the winning goal for Aurora in the comeback playoff win against Indy 11 in 2022. So um, nice to see former Aurora players uh, scoring goals wherever they are, whether that's college or pro. Um, and I don't know, it just speaks to the quality of players that Aurora is looking for. Yeah. Um, it's funny, actually, Bridget showed me on Saturday morning uh, before the Liverpool Spurs game, uh, uh, Rory doing because they had a goal like goalkeeper uh penalty shootouts for both at both the minnesota united or sorry university of minnesota game but also at the saint thomas game and the rory uh the aurorasaurus tried to do that baby step pk thing for at the uh university of saint thomas game but he started they started out way too far out so they just ended up taking forever for them to get to the ball it was quite funny so if if you see bridget get that Ever show you show uh show everybody that video so uh all right let's finish up with some uh talk about the upcoming matches uh we have two uh i think we should we can lump these both in together i don't think we need to spend a ton of time talking about both of these teams we've talked about them both very recently uh at lafc uh this coming wednesday october 4th at 9 30 local time and then la galaxy coming to town uh, on this coming Saturday, the 7th at 
30. So um, I games will be on at the black card on Wednesday. If people want to swing by. Um, I'll be there. I'll be getting a little late. I'll be coming in hot for my own personal soccer match. I have I play like 820 out in Park Center, at Brooklyn Park. So um, I'll probably not begin there closer to uh, maybe 15 minutes into the game. But definitely people should come watch fun and then come uh, last home game of the season, uh, potentially uh, this coming Saturday against LA, LA Galaxy. So any specific players, uh, MJ or Jess, that you guys want to highlight? Uh, former Sporting Kansas City player that I always like to talk about, number six, Ilya Sanchez, uh, much-needed defensive presence in the midfield. Um, he used to play for Barcelona. Yeah, he absolutely and he did. now he has a terrible as, tie rad. Thank you, Jess. I was just going to mention, as Jess has pointed out multiple times, a horrible <laughs> continental tire ad of him taking a PK, which is so outlandish, of all the attackers that they have on LAFC, he would never be in the top three, maybe even top five, to take a PK in a given situation. So unrealistic. Yep. yep. For sure. Um yeah, you mentioned you have you have Kellen Acosta in in your notes here, so I'll I'll skip over him. But um, a couple we other players, him. everyone yeah. knows him. A couple, yeah, yeah, US Men's National Team backup uh, number six, I guess. Uh, but he's been playing really well. Um, you know, their midfield that they have, um, Timothy Tillman, uh, German American international, um, and then yes, they're you know everybody knows that LAFC is loaded up top. Um, Dennis Boanga has been absolutely phenomenal for them this year. Um, Vela, I believe, is still hurt, but uh, you know he's he's around. Uh, and then the only other player I would mention, uh, people might know if they've played FIFA or been following soccer for a while, for a while, Giorgio Cialini, uh, Italian defender. Um, dude is built like a brick shit house, and will fucking murder you um, and put a horse's head in your uh, in your uh, <laughs> in your bed. So. Um, I'm saying he's a mobster, uh, but yeah, he, uh, he's not been playing a ton, um, but he will, he definitely will, you know, if the game is tight, um, or LAFC is trying to chase a win, you, I would definitely expect to see Giorgio Cialini coming in. So, uh, they started against Salt Lake. Did he not finish that game? Oh, he must be back then. He, what he had been injured for a while. So he, yeah. uh, you're, you're, he might be back then. So well, that's cool. Yeah, Good no. to know. Uh, it was even worse. Sunday. Yeah, even worse. So even worse. <laughs> cool. And then the the galaxy. I know we literally just talked about the galaxy, so I don't. We yeah. let's, we don't need to spend too much time talking about this. Let's uh, um, let's talk about our expectations for what's going. <laughs> can, can can we wrap? Can we wrap the expectations in, in a two game format? Like, just how many points are we going to take from these two games? Are we? Gonna... If you can, you know what, MJ, I'm gonna let you freestyle this one. You can do whatever the fuck you want, bud. So if you want to wrap it up into two, I I say I think because I am a, a pessimist, um, and because I, what I the the one scenario that I do not want to happen is us sneaking into the playoffs as the nine seed winning a game, uh, then being the eight seed, you know, the, the going into the, the next, the next round. Um, and then basically getting, winning a game. So, so here's, here's like my worst case scenario. <laughs> so let's, let's just, I'm going to game game this out here. We make the playoffs as the nine seed, right? Uh, we limp in. We we uh, somehow make it. I don't know. We have three games left. Um, I think we basically need 
uh, let's see, I'm guessing 40, like 45 points will get us probably the nine seed. Um, so that basically means we need seven points, right? Between these last three games, this Wednesday against uh, LAFC, Saturday against the Galaxy. Then we have uh, the international break off and then we play Kansas City um, away. So what happens here is I think, you know, we probably get, so sorry, sorry, seven points probably gets us a the eight seed. Probably uh, six points gets us the the uh, nine seed. So what I, I worry about happening is that that exactly happening. We get six points. We we make it as the nine seed. Yeah. Then we we beat you know say Dallas um, on the road, and then we go to St. Louis City for the uh, for the first round of the playoffs. We maybe even steal a game there, but then we end up getting we end up losing three, nothing in our other two games. So we end up being outscored, say like seven to seven to two in a, a three game series. Um, but that is enough for Adrian Heath to be retained as manager uh, for yep. another year. So, so I'm a pessimist and I'm going to predict that that's exactly what gonna, it's going to happen. Um, I think we get a point in LA on Wednesday and I think we get all three points against the galaxy on Saturday. So prove me wrong, Minnesota, <laughs> prove me wrong. <laughs> If that's pessimism, what what what's my take? I say I take I say we take one point out of, out of the LA double. The LA double, we take one point, we draw one, we lose the other. See, I think if that happens, depending on other results, we will I think we'll be effectively eliminated before the international break. So um that's like the true pessimist, uh MJ. I'm the op- I'm I am the I am the uh optimistic pessimist in that I I expect this team to do just enough to get my hopes up again before crushing them under that tiny kitten heel of theirs. So, um, yeah. yeah. You're the chaotic evil or something. Yes, exactly. So, Jess, um, MJ is is, neut- is what, neutral evil? I'm chaotic neutral evil? evil? Yeah. What, uh, what kind of evil are you? Things. I don't know why I'm using this reference. Um, okay. I'm going to say, surprisingly enough, we walk away with one point from LAFC and we walk away with three points from LA Galaxy. All right. You're on my Four wavelength, points. girl. Okay. Yeah. And that was that'll be just enough to keep us in, in contention to yep. the last to the last. Yeah, no, I I and then we'll logic, have our dreams. The loon's logic is sound. Yeah, we'll have our dreams snuffed out by like uh um, just enough to make you cry yourself to sleep. Yeah, what's his face? Uh, Let's just ask another hypothetical then. Would you rather do well enough in these two games to come down to needing a draw or a win to make the playoffs at Children's Mercy Park, but then losing at Children's Mercy Park? Would you rather like have your hopes up there, or would you rather have your hopes up being that we get into the playoffs and then just get slaughtered, you know, three to one or six to one in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, as, as a Minnesota sports fan, I would rather us make the playoffs and then get trounced. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, as, as the, the, a fan of the, of like wanting the team to do what is right by the team, I think getting our dreams snuffed out this week would be better because we'll, then we would know, um, hopefully enough, Hopefully the the front office is paying enough attention to the fan base because the fan base is absolutely revolting against Adrian Heath right now. Um, mm. Literally Heath out chance booing at Allianz. 
uh, that shit doesn't happen very often. So um, hopefully the, the front office is paying attention. And, and if we are eliminated, they will realize that it's time to let Adrian Heath move upstairs, which I don't necessarily agree is the right idea, but I think that's what they'll do. So that's a whole other conversation that we don't have time to get into tonight. We can save that for episode 300. Um, but what I think, I mean, ultimately I would, I want, ultimately I want the team to make the playoffs because if they make the playoffs, that we've the team has shown that they can make runs in knockout like one-off knockout tournaments, right? Like this is a yep. weird format. It's the first time they're doing this format with the one-off play-in game and then a three-game first-round series, and then every game after that is every round after that's as a straight knockout round. So, you know, again, as I mentioned at the top of this podcast and last week, this is the most talented Minnesota United team I've ever seen. Like this team, mm-hmm. absolutely. And has absolutely at, at certain times of the season played like one of the best teams in MLS. So can they find that form again real quickly? Possibly. So you can't you can't win the goddamn MLS Cup if you're not in the MLS Cup playoffs. So ultimately, I'd rather this team, even if it costs us like another year of Adrian Heath, um, because yep. they make a run. I guess I'd rather have this team make a run at the in, at the at the trophy. So I second that. What about you, MJ? You you posed the hypothetical. What are your thoughts yes, on it? I would. I, you know, I want Minnesota teams to do as well as possible and go as deep as possible into the postseason. So, yes, I'm not one of those. Like, and here's the thing. The weird thing is, if we get to the playoffs and lose the first round, you will have people that lie. They'll say, I wish we never would have made the playoffs. I wish I would have just known that our season was done you know, two weeks before the, the end of the regular season, and I wouldn't have to put so much emotional whatever into the scene. That's horseshit. No one wants that, right? We all don't don't be a postseason moon liar, okay? <laughs> uh, I think I, I think I might name the podcast "Postseason Loons Liars." So, yeah. um, but no, I so saw your your hypothetical was, was really weird though, because like, the question you hypothetically you said it like. Would you rather us like be eliminated this weekend or us not eliminated, but knowing that we lose against Kansas City? I would much rather if if I know we're gonna lose against Kansas City in Kansas, um, which is what we often do, I would rather get eliminated before, right? Like I don't need yeah. Peter Vermees to uh to punch me <laughs> in the dick again um for like the fifteenth <laughs> time in a row. Um if I know if I knew we were gonna be eliminated by Kansas City on the last day of the season, I'd rather just get eliminated at home this weekend, honestly. See, that man. wasn't part of my question though, as much as I but you, but you said, yeah. you said, but but you know we lose so against Kansas have, City. Yeah. So I should have phrased it this way: Would you rather have your hopes crushed at Children Mercy Park or your hopes crushed in the playoffs? Right. That is. That's that is. That's and I think that's the answer. That's the hypothetical I mean. we all kind of answered, right? Is was yeah, that yeah, yeah. obviously? So, um, but the way you the way you worded it was a little weird. I was like, well, yeah. I guess I, if I know we're gonna lose to Kansas City, I don't. I'd rather not uh, have to fuck around. <laughs> with so, um. And again, it is we're, we're playing in Kansas City, so uh, we have done better there recently. But still, it's it is a house of horrors for uh, a children's house of horrors for for Minnesota United. At uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, so we'll talk about that game. Um, at, you know, sometime maybe next week. Again, next week uh, we're hoping to have our uh, episode three hundred spectacular. We'll be hopefully recapping a very good week, um, and then we don't have a game the follow you know the following Saturday, so. We'll hopefully maybe, you know, like I said, get a couple guests in, uh, some shenanigans, um, some old time, you know, friends of the podcast. I'm trying to rustle up a, a particular voice that many Minnesota, Minnesota soccer fans know and love. Um, but I don't know which way I'm going to be able to get him uh, because uh, I'm not sure which 
uh, social media platform he uses. So, um, well, hopefully, I'm just, hopefully if you if you're paying attention, you you caught the clues there. Um, but yeah, we'll hopefully talk to that guy. Uh, I think Andy Greeter is hopefully going to join us. I'm going to talk to a couple other people. So, but if you have any other suggestions, uh, please hit us up. Um, I'm creating always... a photo montage. Jess is creating a photo montage. There'll be presentations and cake and cake and pie and cookies and juice. Yeah, hit, hit us up at TDIKMN on Twitter. Um, I'm at Texas Zeller. MJ is at MJ Matsui. And Jess is, as always, at Jessica144083. Niner. Niner. Two. Uh, we've been the Dave's You Know. This is the Dave's I Know. We are the Dave's You Know. We have got to try and work it out. Because we both know we can't do nothing at all. Long as you do yours, land here become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Do the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son.